Morning Liberty. Well, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I, I always say fantastic. It reminds me of that. You ever see those overdub videos? Like, oh, Billy yeah. Mays here with another fantastic product. That's what I always think about. So I'm like, this yeah. is a fantastic episode. Although we're not overdubbing anything. This is the real live, real deal thing. Yeah. yeah. And what you should do is subscribe to this podcast. Now, why do we ask you to subscribe? It's very simple, very easy, because no matter where you're listening to, if you want this episode, because every single one of them is fantastic, we tell you that at the beginning, if you want it directly to your phone without having to do anything or directly to whatever podcast app you listen to uh, if you subscribe that's exactly what it does it's automation in the background it's it's highly technological it's yeah it's amazing yeah like, you should automate Cap- everything capitalism built it you know you automated something this morning didn't you i started using you know your iphone has this new thing with the new update it's it's automation it says shortcuts is the app i'm pretty sure i must not have that. i'm not rich enough to have that iphone i, I guess i know I know wow, you're not. I need a new job. I know you're not. So <laughs> uh, I started automating some things. So like this really simple thing, uh, when I stop my alarm in the morning, when I hit stop, then the Gary V podcast automatically starts playing. Wow. So it's a, when you guys should automate that also only with the Good Morning Liberty podcast. And, and that way, I mean, our, our little intro has an alarm sound in it so it can wake you up. It's Good Morning Liberty. And so I automated that. That way, when I hit stop on my alarm, this motivational podcast starts playing to, <laughs> to get out of, get me out of bed. You're like, I need to get out of bed. You need some, you know what kind of alarm clock I had this morning? Uh, a dog. No, no, no. Okay. It it's a new alarm, alarm, new alarm clock. My girlfriend got for me. It's a uh, it has a connection to it. It's one of the old, you know, digital alarm clocks. Yeah, like most people use their phone nowadays. Like a physical alarm clock. This is like one that actually sits on your nightstand. Yeah, it's very strange. Sometimes you see those in hotels. Most people don't know what I'm talking about, but if you went to a hotel, you and see it that displays the time. Displays on, it. on the yeah. Okay. So you just look over and there. Oh, there's the time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's got a a thing that you put under your pillow and it vibrates and shakes the bed. How'd it work? Good. Yeah. Like really good. I I was honestly shocked this morning because I wasn't expecting like that much vibration in the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Get your mind out of the gutter. That's not what I'm talking about well, here. I'm glad that you were able to wake up finally. Maybe I'm, you can start doing some work. Well, around you know here. I had you know I had ear surgery. Yeah. And I can't hear. That's yeah. my problem. You should it's, have had them install a vibrator inside your ear. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that, that Bluetooth to the alarm clock. That yeah. would be much better. It would yeah. Bluetooth to my phone. Yeah, but no, they no. I, I didn't want to pay that much for you that. I think surgery. when you had your ear rebuilt, that the government put some type of listening device inside of your ear, probably so they can hear everything. Yeah, I had to pay. I think that's probably what happened. Ended up paying four hundred and sixteen dollars for the titanium bones inside yeah. my ear now. Can you go and through they, a metal detector? There's probably yes, I can. Okay. There's, but there's, can you have an MRI? I have to have a special MRI. Oh, okay. But yes, you're right. The government probably did something to those titanium bones. What if you're in an accident and you're in a coma or something and they need to give you an MRI? Uh, if they go to give you this MRI, is, is your head going to rip apart? Is it, is it, or is it, what's going to happen, you think? Do you have um, a sign? Like, did you put a tattoo on your chest or anything that says, don't give me a normal MRI? I have what's called an MRI card. Okay, so they're supposed to check your wallet, I guess, before? Yeah. Beforehand? Yeah, okay. I guess health care professionals know this. Okay. 
Okay. Apparently, I don't. I really don't know. I guess we'll find out if if I end up in a car wreck or something, and they have to do an MRI. Yeah. I mean, I was just really. My wife and I were talking about whether or not you were going to die in the MRI machine sometime. So that what, it'll be interesting <laughs> to know. Is that what was happening? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So again, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it's we do this every single day. It's a lot of fun and. Uh, the numbers, Nate, where are the numbers? The numbers are good. Facebook's looking really good. TikTok is looking really good. I'm we live started, on TikTok right we now. We started TikTok two weeks ago, and we've already got 1,800 followers on there. No advertising, nothing like that. Started TikTok two weeks ago. 1,800 followers, almost 200,000 views on TikTok in the last two weeks. You're live on TikTok, right? Say hello. What's up, TikTok? How's it going, guys? We really appreciate all of you people being on there. Go listen to the podcast on your podcast app, because this microphone sounds good so go listen to that it makes my voice sound better for sure it took yeah, a lot of work to everything's get, looking to get good you know <laughs> twitter twitter's looking good when people aren't stealing our tweets and making them their own um it instagram's looking really good it's all it's it's all looking up right now so that's good you guys are doing your only job that we task you with which is telling people about this show and that's that's exactly what <laughs> charlie's Live on TikTok, making stupid faces right now. So you realize that China is data mining every single thing that you do. That's now, fine nowadays. Now that you have that app on there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it, you guys have been doing your job. You've been sharing the show. We're talking about liberty every single day. We're talking about the Constitution. We're talking about bringing liberty back to the people. Just doing every everything that we can to stop this insane this insane movement towards socialist economics, which has only been proven to be false throughout history, by the way. Socialism is a good idea. I remember when I was a kid, by good idea, I mean like when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, socialism, that sounds cool. We'll just all share everything. You're taught to share things when you're a kid. And so you have this mentality that socialism, yeah, it's a good idea. Just no one's ever done it correctly before, right? And by not- We just need that one person to do it right. Yeah. And by not correctly, I mean over a hundred million people were murdered or starved to death throughout the pursuit of this socialist goal that all of these people have. And the same thing has happened over and over again throughout history. We have these people with the same ideas. I'm not saying that Bernie or Elizabeth Warren are going to murder a hundred million people. That's not what I'm saying. But these exact same ideas, these exact same principles were the driving force behind every single time throughout history when so many millions of people died, when Mao killed over 60 million people, when Pol Pot killed millions of people, when Stalin killed over 30 million people, when Hitler killed, you know what, we always talk about Hitler. Hitler was bad, okay, really bad. But on the list of socialist dictators, why do we only, why do we just, we all know about the Nazis. We all know about Hitler. We all know what happened in the Holocaust. But there's rarely any movies made about what happened in Stalinist and Lenin, Leninist Russia. There's not very many Pol Pot movies made or, or China. China movies made. But we get an unlimited supply of Hitler, you know, Holocaust that kind of anti-Nazi movies. Now, I've got a theory behind that, in case you're... Thank you for asking about what my theory was on yeah. that, by the What's way. What's your theory? My theory on that is that 
uh, Hitler and the the Nazis represented what we most would call a far right ideology, and the Nazism and the Holocaust were atrocities committed against people because of their race. And so we can make a lot of movies about that, and a lot of people will go watch it, and it can further a narrative that people want to hear. So we can make movies about Hitler and talk about someone persecuting people because of their race, and it can make for a lot of good movies that people will identify with, will sympathize with, and that we can make a lot of money off of. Now, it's not saying the Holocaust wasn't terrible. Obviously, it was. Obviously, very terrible. But why aren't we making any kind of movies about how in Russia they took the rich people and hung them in the streets purely because they were wealthy or because they owned land? And between uh, 20 million to 100 million people died in Russia. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere. We, we don't, don't have know. the actual yeah. figures because those would have to come from Russia. Now, 6 million Jews died in, not in Germany in, yeah. in the World War II. About Poland. 11 million people attributed to Hitler's yeah. goal uh, that he was trying to further. Now Something we have, like that. Uh, we know of at least double that, 20 million yeah. in Soviet Russia, probably maybe more. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, we don't talk about that. You know, when I think whenever you say Nazis, I always think of Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. And when he asks, he's like, I'm going to kill me some Nazis. It's <laughs> a good movie. <laughs> Such a good really movie. Really good movie. I watched Fury the other day. That's a good movie, too. Yeah. I think right. they probably could have picked a true story about some people who were in tanks and told that. Yeah. Um, didn't necessarily like the fact that they made up a story. There were probably plenty of real stories that they could have talked about. But still, really good movie. And I can't get enough of Brad Pitt's hair in that movie being just perfect the entire time, which would never be able to happen, by the way, if you were just in war the whole time, your hair would be all over the place. Trust me, with that haircut, you can't just keep your hair perfectly back and looking amazing all the time. It's like Brad so, Pitt knows what he's doing, though. That guy's made yeah, some good movies. He's made some good movies, for sure. People, then, people know him. But anyway, Nazis. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nazis. Well, it's You have to ask yourself, why do we all see all these movies about this? And to me... My conspiracy theory about this is you wouldn't be able to get a lot of people to rally behind having sympathy for these rich people or these people who wanted private private ownership of property or these people who wanted to own their farms or their factories. You wouldn't be able to drum up as much sympathy. You wouldn't be able to make them into victims as easy as using the Holocaust, which were atrocities against people of a certain race. So you can use who were also wealthy. Yeah. They were the business owners. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. They owned the shoe shops and the banks and all of that. Let's not discuss why they hated that certain race of people. If you go back and look up the Weimar Republic, you'll see why, you know, Hitler turned everyone against the Jews because it was, it was the Jews fault why they were in economic turmoil and and holding everybody else back. They were the bankers and you know, the, the shop owners and all mm-hmm. that, they were holding the, the regular Germans at bay. They were disproportionate, disproportionately all of the bankers and shop owners and lawyers and doctors. And when the Weimar Republic's inflation rate hit 466 billion percent inflation in three years, uh, Hitler was able to say that it, it, that obviously the people that were doing better than other people, well, then it was their fault and that we needed to get rid of them. That just so happened that those people were Jewish. 
So they were able to use that. And then our, our movies and our history turns that into, well, it was just hatred of them for their race. But anyway, you wouldn't be able to make a movie really that would just just do so well at the box office that was about the kulaks. You know, you wouldn't be able to make that as well because they were just people who owned things, who had who had production of some kind. They own machinery or they own land or they have one more cow than someone else did. You're not going to be able to get the same type of victimization there. So that's why we hear about that's why we hear about Hitler, even though he killed you know, half as many people as we for sure know about in Russia or a sixth as a sixth as many people as we know about in China. But we'll we'll still just hear about that. So anyway, there's my uh two cents on our movie history lesson right there. That's so, your tin your tinfoil hat. That's that's it. Yeah. That's my conspiracy theorist. We're uh are you trying to take the place of Alex Jones here? I'm, I'm wake up, America. Okay, stop talking about Hitler and talk about Mao instead. Actually, talk about both. They're both terrible. There's a story in Rand Paul's book, The Case Against Socialism, uh, from from Mao, where because someone was caught hiding, uh, basically hiding food and not giving it to the state. They made them bury all of their family members alive, and then they killed them after that. That's just, that's just one little story yeah. out of the 60 million people, that, at least, that we, that we know about that died. So the, there are some bad stories. I'm, we actually had some suggestions from Instagram that we talk a little bit more about some of that, uh, some of those types of things. So I'm going to keep looking up more and more stories like that that are just terrible so terrible speaking of inflation we need more of it right that's <laughs> yeah. what we need that's, yeah if you learn anything throughout history it's that um two percent inflation is not enough we that's need, what you learn the fed's target rate of 466 billion percent inflation has not been hit yet so they're going to try to do whatever they can do you want to do this story or you want me to do it yeah i can do it all right um Inflation near 2% doesn't cut it anymore for the Fed. This coming out of uh, Yahoo News, by the way, which, you know, fair and balanced, obviously, <laughs> Yahoo is. Uh, so Bloomberg, it's an opinion piece. In case it wasn't obvious before the Federal Reserve's January meeting on Wednesday, it should be crystal clear now. The central bank is obsessed with inflation. One of the only changes to the Federal Open Market Committee's statement was the following. The committee judges that the current stance of monetary policy is appropriate to support sustained expansion of economic activity, strong labor market conditions, and inflation returning to, the, turning, returning to near the committee's symmetric 2% objective. Do you want me to read the article? Or you? Yeah, I got it. I okay, got cool. It. Good. This was intentional. Chair Jerome Powell said during his Q&A after the statement was released that the goal of the week, the goal of that tweak was to send a clearer signal that we're not comfortable with inflation running persistently below our 2% symmetric objective. He added, we're not satisfied with inflation running below 2%, particularly at a time such as now where we're a long way into an expansion and a long way into a period of very low unemployment where in theory inflation should be moving up. But even more tellingly, Powell made a clear, concise argument during his opening statement about exactly why the Fed is so determined to see inflation run hot and what could very well be the consensus view among policymakers. While low and stable inflation is certainly a good thing, inflation that runs persistently below our objective can lead longer-term inflation expectations to drift down. 
pulling actual inflation even lower. <laughs> like this is somehow a this bad is, thing. This is a problem. This is so crazy. <laughs> In turn, interest rates would be lower as well, closer to their effective lower bound. As a result, we would have less room to reduce int interest rates to support the economy in a future downturn to the detriment of American families and businesses. We have seen this dynamic play out in other economies around the world, and we're determined to avoid it here in the United States. You can't avoid it. Yeah. This is not something that you can stop. Well, it's so. Stop trying to stop it. There's a couple things here. One, listen, everybody go read Ron Paul's book in the Fed. Go read Ron Paul's book in the Fed 10 times, and then let's talk about what we need to keep our inflation rate at and why we have this random room of people deciding what the interest rates should be on everything when the market is clearly deciding that they want them to to be where they're at right now they're going to have to cut them they're going to have to try to get some more people spending money that's what they need to try and do Ooh, we're we're starting to see you know people are saving right now they're not taking out a bunch of loans they're not doing all this kind of they're they're starting to contract a little bit and be safer and we don't like that we want we want more we want more and more expansion over what the market is clearly saying they want to do so this whole idea is insane to start with and the point he's making about how they want it to be higher right now that way they can lower it when there's an economic downturn to try and spur more expansion and investment and try and get us out of something or you could let the market do what it needs to do which is when all these people who are smarter than the nine people that are in this room or however many, however many people it is you could let the market do what it needs to do and let these people realize well maybe i need to slow down a little bit maybe i need to be a little bit safer where you know we haven't had a big economic downturn in you know how many 10 years now 10 or 11 years and maybe we need to slow down. And so they're doing that naturally. And what he's saying is we need to get these people spun up and taking a bunch of risks, taking a bunch of loans, putting a bunch of money out there. That way we can cut it down when there's a downturn. How about you let the market do what it needs to do to maybe try and prevent a downturn, to create its own slowdown and expansion? instead of trying to create a massive expansion that you didn't you then need to come in and fix later right and so what the, the what we've seen since the inception of the federal reserve is they create these gigantic boom and bust cycles yeah rather than having slight corrections we we started off after 1913 with the great depression and then ever since then every 10 to 20 years we have this economic downturn yeah that's way worse than what the natural market would actually be. It's worse than any downturns we had had before the Fed right. came into existence. Right. There's, so, so there's always, look, there's always going to be market corrections. And the, the reason why is because the market's unpredictable. You can't predict it. The Fed can't predict it. Congress can't predict it. The president can't predict it. Nobody can predict it. You've, you're trying to regulate a market that encompasses 7 billion people, obviously, because it's around the world now. It's global. You're trying to predict something that 7 billion people influence and people make their own self-interested decisions every single day about whether they're going to save money or spend money or borrow this or take out a business loan or pursue this idea, or maybe they want to have another kid, 
whatever. People are making all that. You can't predict any of that. No, they, they only if, react to what people are already naturally doing. Right. That's, that's really all they do. That's the only thing you can do. So the problem, the biggest problem we have now is the fact that the Fed thinks that they can somehow, you know, keep inflation at a certain percentage that they can they can incentivize people to do what they want them to do so that in the future they can cut rates and try to like they are creating a problem that they then want to try to fix later. That's literally how what about, they're saying. How about don't create the problem? We need to create the bubble. That way we can try to fix the bubble. Right. That's that's <laughs> that's literally what they're saying. It's so insane. Yeah. This is just insane. It's crazy. And by the way, the value of the dollar has been eroded 97% since the Fed came into existence. 97% yeah. is how much the value of the dollar has gone down. Okay. The Fed, while it's very complicated, monetary policy is very complicated, is at the root of a lot of our problems. We talked about it, was it yesterday, the day before? We talked. You're talking about income inequality. You're talking about the wealth of some of these people expanding so much. You've got the Fed literally punching new money into a computer and injecting it into the stock market where all of these people already have their money invested. So yeah, a lot of these people become wealthier and wealthier while the Fed's putting a trillion dollars into the stock market. What do you think's going to happen? Okay? So it's just, we got to, well, we have you, to reconsider. Well, I want you to think about this. Like, how do you know the value of the dollar has gone down 97%? Well, think about this, right? In, in 1900, well, let's say 1910, even before the Federal Reserve existed, you could probably even do this in 1920, but uh, a really nice suit, like a really nice custom made suit would cost you 20 bucks. It was one, one ounce gold coin. That's how much it would cost you for a nice suit. Yeah. Anything else back then? Nowadays, a really nice suit, although you can get them on Indochino for about a third the cost, but a, you know, a really nice suit somewhere that you're going to go and get custom made, you're going to walk into the shop, whatever, it's going to cost you about a thousand bucks, which is ironically how much one, one ounce of gold is worth. Yeah. So one ounce of gold used to be worth $20. Now it's worth like a thousand, twelve hundred. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, and it, but it has the same purchasing power, right? <clears throat> the, the value of your dollar no longer has that purchasing power. You need a lot more dollars. So how does this make people poor? Well, if you need a lot more dollars, but the wage growth isn't, your wages aren't aligned with the inflation rate, let's say, then you get poorer. Somebody making $50,000 a year today is uh, poorer than somebody making $50,000 a year in 1950. Yeah. It's, when we talk, uh, we've mentioned this a lot when we talk about minimum wage. A lot of people who talk about the minimum wage hasn't been raised since, uh, I don't even know what year it was, you know, it's 725, which by the way, almost no one makes the federal minimum wage. It's 1% of hourly workers make the federal minimum wage. Like 800,000 people. Everyone else makes above that. But anyway, aside from that, we talk about how the minimum wage is not a living wage anymore, that it's not been consistent with inflation. Why don't we talk about the inflation? Why don't we talk about that? If raising the minimum wage were the solution to the problem, then it would have worked the very first time they ever raised the minimum wage. Do you think it's too complicated? It's, a, it's obviously too complicated. Yeah. Most people who want to complain about these problems couldn't stand us talking about this for more than five to 10 seconds before they switch back over to TikTok. They're, they're, <laughs> it's just not, it's not something people can really listen to. And it's, you just want other people to take care of this for you. And that's the problem with a lot of things in our society. We're just assuming that these 
these geniuses, these virtuous and perfect angels that are running the Federal Reserve are going to run our money for us while we have nothing but evidence that they have done a terrible job so far. Here, let me dumb it down for you, man. Let me dumb it down for you right here. My la- I'll do Larry the Cable Guy. Okay. The Fed's just stealing your money. That's yeah. it. Yeah, they are. If you want to know why, ask us. <laughs> <clears throat> That's it. Yeah. That's all you got to know. The Fed is stealing your money. Send us an email. Yeah. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Charlie at goodmorningliberty.us. If you want to talk more in depth about the Fed, then let's talk about it. We'll get, we'll get on there and we'll chat back and forth. Maybe you've got some points that we don't know about, or maybe you've got some things that we, that we need to know. We're not saying that we know everything about this. But if you haven't read any books about the Federal Reserve specifically, then um, we, uh, we do know more than you do about this. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Uh, because well, it's just, so it is, it is complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Right. You yeah. can take these simple numbers and look at those different things. Um, as you mentioned, I think Ron Paul did a good job in his in the Fed book. There's another um, to learn more about the Federal Reserve. There's another great book uh, by Danielle, um, Danielle <clears throat> DiMartino Booth, uh, who wrote a book called Fed Up. She worked on Wall Street and the, the, at the Federal Reserve. OK, and so she gives you kind of both sides of the big wall street players and then what the federal reserve does. And she worked at the Dallas fed. Um, and so it, it is complicated. It is because they're, they're, they're using monopoly money basically (laughs) just stuff they make up. Yeah. And, uh, and then you're affected by it. That's the problem. You're absolutely affected by it. You know, all the people that lost their homes and stuff in 2008, they lost their jobs, all this, uh, you know, economic turmoil that we expend in all thanks to the federal reserve. Yeah. Like, thank you. I'm glad you could lower your interest rates now. <laughs> thanks for creating the bubble. Thanks for creating the problem. So you can then swoop in and talk about how you I, have to solve the problem. Right. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Okay. All right. We're going to switch to uh, warden Warren real quick and talk about her uh, specifically warden Warren. Cause she's talking about criminal penalties for people. Uh, so uh, we do run a website called LizLies.com. It is specifically modeled to look exactly like Elizabeth Warren's website only with accurate information on it. So if you want to go to <laughs> LizLies.com and read some of the articles that connect their good morning, us, you might as well just go ahead and do that. Just go do it. So but first, before, before we get there, we need yeah. to tell you guys about how you can run your own Facebook ads. Yeah, guys. Hey, I'm sticking this in the middle again. Mid-roll. I want people to know. Mid-roll ad. That's Here right. We go. Listen, real quick. Here's the deal. We need to get the message of liberty out there. Do you care about the, Do you actually care about this? Or are you really just another virtue signaling person who likes to talk about how you care about this? You decide which one it is. And if it's that you actually care about this and you actually want to create some change, then we have set up a system where you can run Facebook ads through our Facebook page, which has reached about a 1.3 million people in the last month. If you want to run Facebook ads, you can go to our website. We're not asking you for a hundred bucks. We're not asking you for 50 bucks. Okay. We're not asking you for 40 or 30 or anything like that. All we're doing is saying that you could donate as little as $3 a month and we can email back and forth. And we can decide what your topic is, whether it's taxation, 
libertarianism, the Second Amendment, the Constitution, whatever it is, you tell us what the topic is, we'll pick an article, we'll run an advertisement on it, that you will be responsible for actually getting accurate information out there, truthful information that is pro-liberty out in front of however many, I mean, the amount of people is up to you, really. So you can actually do this by going to gmlconnect.com, clicking on support the show. When you decide to do the monthly donation, you get a merch item anyway. So we don't even make money on it. And all the money goes towards Facebook ads. This is not some kind of massive money-making ruse that we've developed here or anything. We just want you guys to be able to sponsor your own ads. And yes, we will benefit if our Facebook page is running ads out there in front of people. We'll probably get more likes on our Facebook page. Okay, but you'll actually be getting the right information out there. So... If you actually care about this and you get something for free in return, you get a That's merch. Amazing. Item. You get a merch item. You, you can't lose. With there's this. this There's is, no losing. This is a win, win, win scenario. You know what I want you to do tomorrow, Nate? What's that? I'm task you with this on air. We're okay. live right now. This we are is, live. This is going to be part of your job tomorrow. I want you to get some real, like, like dark, ominous, like really anxiety inducing music. Okay. And uh, when we do this ad tomorrow, press that button. Pastor Volker. Not that one, no. No. Yeah, something. How is that? Well, that's a good intro to it. But now we need to keep playing. Okay. And I'm going to start off by saying, (laughs) do you want to change the world? Yeah. Okay. You know, and give people the opportunity to change the world because that's what we're doing here. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. We're actually changing the world. All right, guys. (laughs) Let's talk about Elizabeth Warren. Her campaign is flailing. She's, She's trying to do as many look at me, look at me things that she can come up with. Everyone, hey, don't forget about me. I'm out here yeah. running for president. She's about to offer everybody $2,000 a month. Yeah. She's going to up Andrew Yang. I know Bernie's kicking my butt right now, but don't forget about me. I'm out here running. Okay. What are the polls right now? Did you, uh, did you yes, look? Yes, I did look. Don't worry. I've got it right here. <laughs> Iowa, real clear politics has Bernie Sanders at 23.8%, Joe Biden at 20%. Pete Buttigieg at 15.8% and Elizabeth Warren trailing behind at 14.6%. Wow. So she has fallen all the way down to fourth place. Even Mayor Pete is beating her right now. She (laughs) might as well give it up. It's completely pointless. So this is what she's doing. She's saying, hey, look at me. Don't forget how much of a dirty communist I am. I could be a communist too. You guys like Bernie? Well, look at me. I'm younger. I'll probably be around longer than he will. Let's achieve communism together. Maybe she should flip back to Republican. Yeah, you think so? (laughs) Back to Republican? The Democratic senator, formerly a Republican, running now as a Democrat, uh, Chief Warden Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds really good. Chief Warren. Okay, Elizabeth Warren proposes criminal penalties for anyone who spreads disinformation online. Of course, she will exempt herself from this. This is from the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben. Senator Elizabeth Warren, not one to recognize irony, proposed Wednesday that those who spread disinformation online, including tech companies that refuse to police their platform for incorrect and misleading materials, be held criminally accountable for their actions. The Massachusetts senator, who has fallen to a distant third place in most polls, and she's in fourth in the one I just looked at, said disinformation and online foreign interference erode our democracy and donald trump has invited both 
Warren said, ostensibly referring to reports that Russia engaged in a misinformation campaign online ahead of 2016 presidential elections. Anyone who seeks to challenge and defeat Donald Trump in the 2020 election must be fully prepared to take this on, and I've got a plan to do it. Elizabeth Warren, she has a terrible plan for everything. (laughs) I will push for new laws that impose tough civil and criminal penalties for knowingly disseminating this kind of information, which has the explicit purpose, purpose of undermining the basic right to vote. She added in a press release titled Fighting Digital Disinformation. You want me to read this one? No, I got it. I got it. (laughs) Let me turn the lisp down. Okay, good. The plan, like most of Warren's plans, is expansive and involves forcing social media platforms like Facebook to label and approve content before it's allowed to spread on social media, essentially giving them the editorial power of prior restraint on news organizations and create clear consequences for any account that interferes with voting. She would also force Facebook, Twitter, Google, and other organizations to share their algorithm and allow users to opt out of being targeted. Most importantly, though, Warren would push to create civil and criminal penalties for knowingly disseminating false information about when and how to vote in U.S. elections. That means you can't share that really funny meme about how the election day is the day after election day anymore. You might go to prison for it. So I don't let's see. Don't think being anonymous will save you if President Elizabeth Warren is dismayed at what you say online. She would establish. Wait, you missed an important thing up here. Did I? She was gonna. She's gonna create a national bureau of truth. Really? <laughs> nice. She's essentially creating a national bureau of truth because she's going to put a national security expert in charge of sniffing out and punishing those. If you ever wanted anyone to create a bureau of truth, it would be the United States government (laughs) for sure. Yes. They don't lie ever. let them decide what is truth. That sounds like a great idea. Oh, What happens? uh, Let's talk about that. Why does she just shorten her plan to, uh, I don't give an F about the first amendment. Yeah. How about shorten it to that? Yeah. Let's bastardize the First Amendment. Yeah. That's what it should be. Her plan should just be you have to elect the president to find out what's in the president. That's what it should really be. (laughs) And don't think being anonymous will save you if President Warden Warren is dismayed at what you say online. She would establish rules around information and data sharing to ensure that platforms can share with each other and with the government while respecting individuals' privacy. Essentially giving the government the power to unmask accounts believed to be creating trouble. (laughs) creating trouble and even force (laughs) platforms and service providers to turn over pertinent information when asked the entire plan would involve a public private partnership in fact a coordinated push to address dense disinformation will be far more effective than isolated efforts when companies share information to the extent allowed under privacy laws they can better identify cross-platform disinformation campaigns and alert law enforcement officials of threats this coordination will help identify and remove fraudulent accounts deter the spread of disinformation and rein in illegal activity you know there's another term for public private partnership by the way What's that? Fascism. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> it literally is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So replace public private partnership with fascism. And that's if, the same thing. I don't know if you way. know much about partnerships, but generally a partnership is not defined by one of the partners forcing its will on the other one under threat of imprisonment. That's not normally what a partnership is. Under that's, civil and criminal yeah, punishment. That's not what we have worked out here. Our no. partnership is not if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to kill you if you resist yeah. me putting 
holding you in a cage. Or severely beat you. Yeah, that's not a very good partnership, I don't feel like. <laughs> but hey, partner, yeah, it's a partnership. It's public-private yeah. partner, you know. It's a way better term. Strangely enough, though, it doesn't seem Warren's campaign could escape scrutiny under her own rules. That's what we'll talk about here in a second. She's a liar. Although she pledges that her campaign will not knowingly use or spread false or manipulated information... I'm sorry. She's needs to be put in prison already under this law. <laughs> Just for saying this yeah. right here. Including false or manipulated news reports or doctored images, audio and videos on social media. Warren herself has effectively contributed to the spread of disinformation online and several on several memorable occasions. You don't say. This is going to put all the Photoshop people out of business. For example, by the way, um, Warren is not a Native American. She's as Native American as um, pretty much anyone else. Really? Yeah. What was it? What this says one sixty fourth. I actually thought it was less than that. And so, so and she like put Native American on her applications and stuff, didn't she? To yeah. get yeah. So we'll talk about it here in a second. Yeah, when, yeah. Here under we go. Her, under her plan for college, well, just I'll skip to college quick. So here's what we're gonna do. I, I went through Elizabeth Warren's website today, and since she is create wants to create a law where you could be held criminally responsible for spreading manipulated or disinformation online. Uh, I went ahead and went through her, I went ahead and went through her website to just see whether or not she would be able to hold up to the scrutiny because the real question is who determines what who determines what truth is? What what kind of truth? What are you what are you talking about? Because we could simply uh, you could post an article that says uh, rich people pay less in taxes than poor people. That's a lie. It's not true. It's not. It's purely not true. But she has been very good at spreading this it, disinformation <clears throat> among millions of people. Her and Bernie Sanders and the rest of the media have been very good at doing this. So you have to ask, who decides what is true? Can she post an article that says, if we raise taxes to... 70% will make $10 trillion more and our economy will be better than ever. Is that true? Is it true? How do you decide that? <laughs> yeah. Who decides whether or not that's true? It's like what Jordan Peterson said, like, does hate speech exist? Does do you do lies and falsehoods exist? Yes. But do you want the government regulate them regulating that? Because if you put it to the government to decide what is truth and what's hate speech and what's all that, what the, what you're allowed to say, it'll be, the people that come into power to do that will be exactly the people you don't want deciding that. Yeah. It might, because if you, if you say something that they don't agree with, they can't imprison you. And this is what is, this is how gulags and prison camps, they start to exist. Yeah. This, this is how it all starts. You literally already have, I mean, you clearly have Bernie supporters who were, who are in support of gulags. We know that yeah. for sure. But uh, it reminds me of that video. Remember the video went around of Trump about him calling immigrants animals or something like that? That was complete disinformation. Now, I know Trump says a lot of stu stupid stuff, but that was a clearly doctored video spread around by everyone. I mean, it, anyone on the left accepts the fact that Trump called immigrants animals or what? I can't even remember what, exactly what what the phrasing was. Now, if you get the sentence that comes before him saying that you hear that they were talking about ms-13 and that's what they were actually talking about the question was what he thought about ms-13 the gang that is famous for cutting people's heads off and doing crazy you know dismaming them cutting off their body parts and so the question was about ms-13 
And he goes into this conversation about how they're animals, they're disgusting and whatever. And then the media decides to spin this completely fake video about how Donald Trump called immigrants animals. And it was completely false. But anyone on the left, no one's going to call that a lie and say that Facebook should censor that video and make sure it doesn't go anywhere. They're all going to be completely fine with it. And so that, that's why this, this entire idea just drives me insane. We spoke about college here a second ago. She said, this is just the first line when she was talking about college for everyone. I managed to get a college scholarship, but then things turned upside down. I managed to get a college scholarship. How did she get the college scholarship? Does anyone remember that? She was Native American. Yeah. She put down on the forms that she was a Native American. Didn't we just talk about a cop who got in trouble for doing? For, yeah, we for did. identifying as a black man. Yeah, identified as a black man. He ended up getting re- released from the force. Because he was like one eighth or one sixteenth black, you know? And so he said they did, didn't do any DNA tests or anything. But ah. he says that somewhere, someone in his family was mixed, is what he said. So anyway, um, that's just already right there. I managed to get a college scholarship. You got the college scholarship because you lied about being a Native American. And then you were able to get the college scholarship. Okay? But this is, just so we know, we're talking about a law where she says you should be held criminally responsible for spreading disinformation and manipulated facts. So, I think that's important. Uh, She also talks about, this is one thing I said on my dad's side, I grew up on a farm. Um, She talks about farm pricing and how Americans' farms are being consolidated and big companies are taking them over. I realize this is happening to an extent, but I've also... My family has had a farm since like 1890 or something like that. So I know a little bit about farms. Now I know just a little bit about it. She says consolidation in the agriculture, the, ag- the agriculture sector is leaving America's family farmers with lower prices and fewer choices. Okay. Let's just go right off the bat. She says this again. She keeps saying that it's leaving Americans with lower prices. It's leaving farmers with lower prices. So what she's talking about is lower prices for your corn and your soybeans, things like that. Now, if you actually go and look at corn and soybean statistics and pricing over the last 50 years, which I did, you're welcome. I went ahead and did that. Okay. You can find that obviously over time, the prices are up. Now they're down compared to the year 2012. But anytime, my dad's always said this, anytime we go into a big market downturn or or gas prices go up really high, anything like that happens, the the grain prices always go up really high. My dad's like, I love gas prices because I drive like two miles a day and corn prices are double. So everything's fine. Because they're forced to have (laughs) ethanol. High high gas prices (laughs) are great for the farm. So when you go into a period where you have that type of economic downturn, or you have really high gas prices, you have things like this, then the prices are really high. So yeah, the prices are lower than they were 10 years ago. But if you look at 20 years ago, prices are, let's see, what are we on right now? We on beans or corn? I believe we are on beans 20 years ago the price was around four dollars and 50 cents per bush per bushel and right now it's a little over nine dollars per bushel so it's double 20 years the price is about 120 percent higher than it was 20 years ago now in what world can elizabeth warren put a paragraph on her page 
someone who just introduced a bill that would help people criminally responsible for spreading disinformation, where she says that farms are getting lower and lower prices and everything's getting more and more expensive. And you can clearly look, if you just looked at 20 years ago, our prices for the grain are like 120% higher than what they were 20 years ago. But she gets the put that farmers are getting lower and lower prices for everything because she's looking at a short time horizon. Maybe she's factoring in the inflation. Uh, I mean, <laughs> over yeah, maybe. Then we could talk about the Fed. <laughs> then we could just, everyone rewind and go back and listen to the conversation about I'm the just, Fed. Look, I'm playing devil's advocate. Oh, she's, maybe doing, she's... <laughs> she's doing what people do when we talk about farm pricing. She's, right. she's picking the highest that the prices have ever been, which was in the year 2012, the highest price they've ever been. So now if you compare everything to the year 2012, well, we're getting lower and lower prices for yeah. everything. We're not going to go past 2012. No. It's like no. when people compare terrorist attacks and how right-wing extremists have killed more people in America since 2002. Since, yeah, since but, 2002. Well, why don't we include 2001? No, like, you don't 3,000 people died? I don't want to include 2001. No, yeah, yeah. No way. We could talk about how the, we could talk about, oh man, there's all kinds of things. You could talk about the poverty level and completely ignore the fact that poverty was just shooting down towards the floor before the war on poverty started. Before it started. This sounds like knowingly, in my estimation, can we do a citizen's arrest? I think so. Because this is knowingly spreading disinformation. Well, she said civilly responsible too, so I think we can sue her for spreading some yeah. of this information. Yeah. Okay, so she also talks about retirement. A generation of stagnant wages and rise. Now, this is a generation, by the way, of stagnant wages and rising costs for basics like housing, health care and education. The three most freaking regulated things that the government puts the most money into inside of our normal market. That and child care in there, too. It's all heavily regulated. Millions of families have had to sacrifice saving for retirement just so they could have a little bit nicer iPhone. No, it says just to make ends meet. At the same time, fewer people have access to the kind of pensions that used to help fund a comfortable retirement. Now, why does she only mention pensions? Why does she only talk about pensions? Well, usually pensions are a product of unions yeah. and, and uh, those so, sorts of so things. So we just got to talk about pensions. Okay, so maybe less people are unionized. What about 401ks? What about IRAs? No. What about private retirement accounts that people have? No, we those need aren't to, important. We need to say fewer people have access to pensions, which would normally come from state workers, government workers, or union employees. So this is a bad thing. Fewer people have access to pensions. Folks, 401ks are everywhere. I looked, by the way, McDonald's has a 401k plan for their workers. Walmart has a 401k plan. For their workers the amount of people that have access to a system where they can contribute towards their retirement has skyrocketed everywhere all the way down to the walmart type employers offer the ability for you to contribute portions of your paycheck into a 401k but on her website she spins this idea and says that fewer people have access to pensions and so we have to do something about retirement okay it seems to me like she's manipulating and spreading disinformation, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's not the case. I don't know. This civil lawsuit is getting bigger and bigger as we speak. It, it seems to be that the, uh, over a generation, 
wages are roughly 23% higher. Yeah. Over a generation. Not to mention the fact that wage statistics do not take benefits into account. And do you think the amount of places offering benefits from, did you say 50 or 20 years, would you say? It's, uh, I just looked at a chart that gave me a generation. I, I, I don't know exactly <laughs> what the year is. Let me see if I can find it. I know that when I was a server at Olive Garden, I don't know if you remember this, we had access to a discounted healthcare plan from Olive Garden when we worked there. Okay. I guarantee you that's not something that existed 20, 30 years ago. We had access to like $40, $50 a month health insurance when I started working at Olive Garden. This was 10 years ago. I don't know what their plans are anymore. So in 19, uh, sorry, 1979, the average person made roughly $63,000. And as of, uh, let's see, 2010 people, the average was at around 83000 So 20000 increase in the average that's, wage between 1979 and 2011. So that's a 30% increase yeah. in that time. But wages are stagnant, by the way, Charlie. Well, if you count for inflation, it sound, they say if you count for inflation, people are making less. Yeah. Well, that's a problem of inflation. Yeah. Let's it's, not not the, talk. it's not the wage. Meanwhile, we read an article about how the Fed isn't hitting the high enough inflation target that they want. <laughs> yeah. No, but let's not talk about inflation. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but you just like can't I said, make this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. Those wage statistics do not take into account benefits. Now, here's something. So this was so my wife's old salary at her at her previous at the previous hospital she was working at. She was making. I'll just. I'm going. Sorry. I'm going to throw out real numbers here, and I know you're not supposed to talk about that. Her salary was seventy four thousand. That was her salary. Now they sent her a package saying what their actual expenses for her every year was, including all of her benefits. Total and compensation total is what they call it. Compensation was ninety-five thousand dollars. So the problem is the wage statistics of what people are getting paid take the seventy-four thousand dollar number. They do not take the ninety-five thousand dollar number. Because they contribute to your four oh one K. They oh, contribute it, to your healthcare benefits. HCA has got all they kinds of crazy to your plans. Tuition reimbursement. HCA not only can HCA not only pays for your college tuition. They'll they'll pay off your student loans. They will pay off your children's student loans. That's how good HCA is. By the way, this evil billion dollar healthcare corporation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they specifically announced after the tax cuts. And Jobs Act, they sent out a letter that said, in response to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, we will be paying college tuition fees for our employees. That's that's not made up or anything. No. They literally said... I actually was there at that time. They literally said, in response to our tax cut, we're going to pay for your tuition and we will pay for your children's tuition if you don't have any tuition that needs paid off. I can vouch that this is the truth. Because uh, initially I was a little butthurt because I didn't go to college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, hang on. I didn't go. To, why, hang on a second here. Can I get just the money? Because like I, I'm self-educated here. Yeah. But you know, no, it's, I'm working for this company. I'm a software developer. I know what I'm doing. I didn't have to go to college for it. And you hired me, and I'm doing a good job. But so I was a little butthurt. So, but it really happened. That that is true. But it's still great. I mean, that's that's amazing for but, the people that went to college. But that's not included in our wage statistics. It's not. 
So would you say that Elizabeth Warren is spreading disinformation and manipulated facts when it comes to that? I think I could convince a jury that yes. Okay. All so. right. So the civil case is getting bigger right now. Medicare for all. Well, let's decide whether or not this is true or whether or not it should be blocked. Medicare for all is the best way to give every single person in this country the guarantee of high quality health care. Medicare for all is the best way. Yeah. It's yeah. Just she's saying it's the, the best guarantee of high quality health care. Yep. Okay. So just so we know, she's decided that this is truth. That's what she's decided. That's her truth. Do you watch the, ba- do you watch the bachelor? No. <laughs> okay. So we do. And, uh, Monday's episode, sorry, spoiler alert, by the way, skip ahead 30 seconds or a minute here. Uh, in case you haven't watched uh, episode four yet, but Monday's episode we watched last night and there's all this drama going on and this girl and another girl, uh, with Peter, the, the bachelor, um, they're one of them's like lying. And one girl kept saying, she was like, well, I was just saying, you know, I just know my truth. I was saying my truth and this is what my truth is. I'm, we're, me and Stephanie both are like, what do you mean? My truth? Yeah. There's no, that doesn't exist. Now there's no such thing as my truth. It's either the truth or it's not. Yeah. Like you're, you're a liar. There's, there's something is true or it isn't. Sue her now. You think we have a lot of libertarian (laughs) bachelor watchers? Maybe. I don't know. I was just imagining. It's actually a really funny show. Come on now. Imagining the libertarian bachelor. I don't care. Oh yeah. Where the guy's just like, (laughs) the guy's just like, I don't care. Do what you want. Right. (laughs) I don't care. What can you make? Yeah. (laughs) What's. What's your productivity level? Let's read a book together. Yeah. Which one of you is the most <laughs> self-sufficient person here? Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> who, who here can tell me <laughs> what's wrong with the Fed? Yeah. Describe <laughs> you're your, the winner. Describe your most preferable economic policy, please. <laughs> that would be the Libertarian Bachelor. I think we should do it. Who did you vote for in the last election? <laughs> the, she also says under <laughs> Medicare for All. The basic business model of an insurance company is to take on, take in as much money as you can in premiums and pay out as little as possible in healthcare coverage. Well, that's actually true. That's a, there's a true statement. That's, it's also true about uh, um, any business that there possibly is. You take in the most amount of revenue and pay out the least amount of expenses. That's yeah. that's a business model overall, <laughs> which I'm surprised she was able to put together coherently. Uh, <laughs> so, but then she explains what this does. That leaves families with rising premiums, high deductibles, and fighting with insurance companies to try to get health care that their doctors say that their children need. Now, she blamed the business model of insurance companies on the fact that we've got rapidly rising premiums and rapidly rising high deductibles. Not the rapidly rising health care prices. No. Which is what's actually the problem. Or the Affordable Care Act. Right. That's the, can I get Affordable Care Act for $5,000, please? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's just recently yeah. what, what has caused the rising premiums and high deductibles. Yeah. You know, so since 2012, if we want, we can run our own, you know, statistics. Yeah. We'll just go back to 2012 or 2000. Let's go back to 2011. We'll see what the premiums and deductibles were then. We'll just compare to what they are now more let me tell you they're way worse they're a lot no one got to keep their doctor no one got to keep their plan and all the plans that existed in 2011 don't exist anymore he promised a 2500 a 2500 dollar reduction per family per year is what he said and it's gone up by like five three thousand dollars right so we will lower your deductibles by 2500 dollars per family per year 
That's not what only he said over and over again at every speech, every single speech. We made a video of this. Like, I know. It ended up being like a 10 minute long video, I of, think. Of him saying that, that he was over going, and over and over again. That your costs would go down by $2,500 per family per year. Then now, they implemented the plan. What happened? Prices on average went up $1,000 per family per year. Yeah, not only did they not go down. At all. They didn't yeah. even move down whatsoever. It's not like they stayed the same. They didn't even say that. They went up. Yeah, they went they up. They went up. That's, it's like climate change things, you know, where they're like, the ice caps will be melted by the year 2013. Not only are they not all the way gone, there's more ice there than there used to be. <laughs> That's not just a little bit wrong where you're like, okay, they melted by 50%. We were a couple of years off. The complete opposite thing happened. <laughs> the complete opposite. That's not just like a little wrong. It's, right. It's, it's a lot wrong. I don't see how people can't look at that one example yeah. and say, okay, this is what government promised you. Here it is in this you know, bucket. This is all the promises <laughs> that they gave you just for yeah. the Affordable Care Act. Now, here's what actually happened yeah. to you. This is your life of what actually happened. Polar now, bears would be gone. But we had a record we number. Had, we had 18,000 polar bears in existence and they're going to be gone. We've got the most amount of polar bears that have ever been on earth. Yeah. Right now. We it's, didn't go down to 9,000. It's not like they reduced a little bit. A lot right. of them died and okay, they said they would be gone. A lot of them died and they weren't complete. No, the complete opposite thing happened. Complete opposite. Yeah. How do people not get this? I don't understand. I, I really just want to, this is a question we should start asking Bernie supporters, just this on healthcare, like the government promised this with the Affordable Care Act and none of it came true whatsoever. Yeah. Like what has actually happened to your healthcare plans? They've all gotten worse. Yeah. Not from the insurance companies. It's from the Affordable Care Act. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. All right. What's right. going on with these ultra millionaires now? Well, we got ultra millionaires to billionaires. Okay. Ultra millionaire tax, a small tax, <laughs> a small <laughs> tax on the great fortune fortunes of more than $50 million. Can you look up and see how much Elizabeth Warren is worth? A small tax on the great fortunes of more than $50 million can bring in nearly 4 trillion to rebuild America's middle class. All right. So already, a tax is going to bring in $4 trillion. Now, when's the last time that someone projected what a tax was going to bring in? Hers is only $12 million. Okay, well, yeah, it, was... it would have been hilarious if she said a small tax on fortunes over $13 million would be... <laughs> I really was hoping that... Her... Well, she thinks that she can probably make it up to forty-nine by the yeah. time she dies. I really was hoping so... that, that her wealth was like $49 million. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so she cites... Uh, guess what? She cites this study from these two guys named Emmanuel Saez and Gabriel Zuckman. Which, if you don't remember, we debunked this entire study a yes. couple episodes ago, last week sometime. So listen to the last 10 episodes and you'll find it. The episode is called The Myth That Billionaires Pay More in Taxes Than Working People or something like that. Yeah. Um, this study, completely bogus, did not take into account whether or not people got a tax refund at the end of the year. It just went off of what their percentage was. If they received all of the money back and effectively paid nothing in taxes, they still counted them as someone who paid 18% in taxes. Even if at the end of the year, 
they paid nothing in taxes. Part of me really hopes that she actually gets this done so that we can sue her. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have all the information. We'll save it. They're, they'll still probably try to put in some kind of statute that you can't retroactively go back. Yeah. But we still will. We'll, yeah. we'll put it up there. We'll, we'll sue her in court and be like, eh, you became president because you lied about everything. Yeah. Now, she cited that the richest top 0.1% has seen its share of American wealth nearly triple from 7 to 20% between the late. And the people at the bottom, 90% has seen its share of wealth decline from 35% to 25% in the same period. So, of course, this is because the people at the top are stealing money from the people at the bottom. I mean, that's what other, what other reason would there be? That's the only way you can get wealthy, actually, that's, is just pillaging. It's the know? only ash. Now, keep Raping in mind, and pillaging all these villages. Keep in mind, we're talking about wealth at the same time that we're encouraging everyone should have a house and everyone should spend $100,000 on college. Where at a time 40 years ago, that was not the case. It was do things if you can afford them. We'll see. But now it's, you got to get a house. You need to put yourself $200,000 in debt for a house. And you need to go to whatever college. It doesn't matter. Just take out the debt. It's going to be worth it. Even if you want to pursue a degree in liberal women's diversity dance studies, then you need to go take out a $100,000 loan to go to college. And then we cite the fact that people have a lower wealth. Well, wealth is obviously just a mix of whatever your assets are and whatever your debts are, whatever you owe. Now, in the time where we're encouraging everyone to take out credit cards, to buy a house, to get a brand new car, to go to college, and then we cite the fact that people somehow have lower net wealth than they used to. And the people in the top 1% where they're wealth nearly tripled from 7% to 20%. The other thing you don't understand is like, if you have more money invested, when the stock yeah. market goes up a little bit of percentage, you make more money. Yeah. Like if I have a million dollars invested and somebody has a thousand dollars invested. Technically you go up the same percentage. You go up the, the same exact percentage, right? Yeah. Well, the issue is it, you would actually be comparing people who have a million dollars invested to people who have nothing invested. Right. And so the people, newsflash, get your calculators out, get your app out. If you have money in the stock market and the stock market goes up, you will make more money than people who do not have money in the stock market. I'm, I don't know if we can somehow get this through and through like Morse code to Elizabeth Warren just to, to give her a clue. I don't know if we can possibly do it, but that's a very Maybe simple you could fact. Learn some Cherokee. Yeah, I could. Yeah. I need to find a native wind talker and find some kind of way that we can get this message to elizabeth warren yeah. through the elders in her tribe to get this message down to her and I she's 164th so at least every 64th word yeah has to be in a you know well it has to or you'd be, be or hate, she doesn't be, understand it be hate speech or discriminatory at that time right. if you didn't do that probably spreading lies if you don't do that yeah yeah okay well listen i here's the deal She's putting forward a law that says, she's putting forward a law that says if you spread disinformation or manipulated facts, that you should be held criminally responsible for doing that. All she does is spread disinformation and manipulated facts. And her, and her pal Bernie. The question the is, who gets to decide what manipulated facts are true 
or what they want it to be true and who gets to decide when they're going to exclude other people's facts. Billionaires do not pay less in taxes than people that are in the working class. Yet I guarantee you she has said this in every single speech. It is a lie. It is a lie that she posts about, that Bernie posts about, that everyone on the left posts about, that people have accepted as true because they want it to be true, because it gives them someone else to blame other than themselves. And that's purely what it is. The question is, who gets to decide what is true? And then the other question you'd have to ask for the Elizabeth Warren supporters is, let's say you establish this government bureau of truth, which is the most hilarious and laughable thing I've ever thought about my li- in my life, I think, that the U.S. government should have a bureau of truth. Let's say you establish this, and then lo and behold, eight years later, we go back over to complete Republican control of everything. The Bureau of Truth is controlled by a Republican person, a Republican president. Are you still okay with the government being able to decide what Facebook can and cannot allow to spread through social media? And if you are not okay with it then, then you shouldn't be okay with it now. That goes for Democrats, and that also goes for Republicans, by the way. You always have to imagine your policy ideas, your laws, your regulations in the hands of people that you vehemently vehemently disagree with. And if you cannot imagine them having that power, then no one needs to have that power. No one. That's it. That's the answer right there. We have a lot of really uh, other really good stories, but I know Charlie, you have a conference call in two minutes, don't you? I do. Yeah. Don't you? No, 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 no. An hour and two minutes. An hour and two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, we let's just talk for another hour, man. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah What's up? Go. You know, I really think we've got a lawsuit here. I know. You know I'm, we're I'm building excited. a strong case. We need to, we need to call Blake right now. I'm excited about expanding our business now from all the reward money. Yeah. You know, minus thirty percent for the lawyer. Yeah. You know, but I'm thinking seventy percent of you know how much is she worth? Twelve million. Yeah. Seventy percent of ten million. We'll take ten million of her net worth here for lying to Plus, us. We'll get a lot of media attention, so that'll be good for us yeah. too. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking that would give us, you know, 70% of 10 million, $7 million. We could do some expansion with that. Let's I'm pretty in, excited about this. Look into how you could actually file a civil case against someone for spreading disinformation. Yeah. Uh, well, we we, she's got to pass this law first. Yeah. She's got to, you know, get her national <laughs> security advisor and stuff. Yeah. But just initiating the case would be, would be cool anyway. Yeah. So we should look into that. Do you want to go through the next story? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So another Elizabeth Warren Story, by the way, which, by the way, is packed full of lies. So just in case you didn't know that. (laughs) Here we go. From the Boston Globe, Elizabeth Warren, Chief Warren, uh, introduces sweeping gun safety bill with licensing universal background checks and an assault weapons ban. The scary weapons, man. Watch out for them. Uh, I've got one down in my gun safe. Uh, Used to anyway. And it's it's it hardly ever makes it out of that safe. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be able to because the safe is at the bottom of an ocean. Right, so, right. And unfortunately, so when you lost your guns in a tragic deep sea fishing accident. Yeah, so now yeah. it's stuck down there. Mm-hmm. And it had an electronic code on there. So now that it's wet, there's no way anybody can open yeah. it. Okay. All right. So Senator Elizabeth Warren on Thursday introduced comprehensive. I always love this word. Yeah. It's comprehensive. Okay. And aggressive gun safety legislation, including a federal gun licensing system, universal background checks, and a ban on military-style assault weapons 
to address what she called the, quote, deadly crisis of gun violence. It's a crisis out there. It More is. people die from cars, by the way. <laughs> God, just get that out there. Anyway, the GVP and CSA, Gun Violence Prevention and Community Safety Act. They should have came up with a better acronym than that. This is, uh, what is this, amateur hour? I know. Come on. With companion legislation to be introduced in the House, of, uh, in the House by Representative uh, Hank Johnson of Georgia. Oh, my God. Hank Johnson? Hank Johnson. That's the guy that thought that Guam was going to tip over if they put too many people on it. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. This guy is almost as dumb. Guys, look up Hank Johnson on YouTube. The funniest video, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, he literally expressed his fear that if we put too many people on Guam, that the island would tip over. He thinks that islands are floating in the ocean. <laughs> okay. This is so good. No, but let's put his name on this bill. It's going to yeah, be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, so he's going to introduce it in the House and incorporate several existing Senate bills that have gone nowhere in the Republican-controlled chamber. Warren's bill also is unlikely to even get a hearing in the Senate, but lays down a marker by the presidential candidate of the steps Democrat Democrats would try to take on gun safety if they win control of Congress in the White House in the November elections. This big, bold proposal which combines and builds upon a number of common sense measures introduced by my colleagues in Congress would treat the epidemic, the epidemic, it's by an the epidemic. way, of gun violence in the United States, like the public health crisis that it is. Help protect our children and make our community safer, Warren said, with approximately 100 Americans killed every day from gun violence. It's long past time for Congress to stand up to the gun lobby and confront this deadly crisis head on. Now listen, we are the only, listen, Democrats love to use phrasing like this. We're the only developed nation that blah, 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 blah. We're also the only one of those countries that include suicide statistics in our gun violence statistics. None of the other countries include gun suicides in their gun death numbers. And we, we include gun suicides in our gun violence statistics. Just yeah. so you know. We're the only I, one that does that. I don't understand why she's not she's not going far enough in my estimation. <laughs> she she really needs to introduce the uh, the everyone gets a bubble community safety act. Well, I think we just put everyone in the prison. Right. It's the safest place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got a wall, you get your meals, you get your health care, you got a an armed guard, but you're not allowed to have a weapon. You got a place to sleep, you got air conditioning. If you build a shank, they take killed, it from you. You killed someone, then you've got cable. So, I mean, why don't we just, uh, we just build a prison. Yeah. As long as it's a public prison, she'll support it. What's a what, uh, system of a down? They're <laughs> was, trying to build a prison. They're trying to build a prison. <laughs> All right. Um, Are you with me to live in? <laughs> another prison system. You just want to, you just want to go over yeah. that song real quick. <laughs> All right. So the legislation would require people who want to purchase a firearm to have a federal or state issued license undergo a background check and wait seven days to complete a purchase. The minimum age to purchase any weapon or ammunition would be increased to 21 years old. A ban on assault weapons, which expired in 2004, would be reinstated and bulk gun purchases also would be prohibited to address gun trafficking. Kind of like how Obama trafficked guns to yeah. Mexico. So, just, just so everyone knows, the ban on assault weapons was, I believe, I'll, I'll probably say this partially wrong, but it was for new assault weapons that were created after that 
So it was, there were still assault weapons, by the way. People still had them. Well, assault, the, all weapons are assault yeah. weapons. If you use something to <laughs> assault someone, yeah. then you just use an assault weapon. That, yeah, that is an assault weapon. But the ban on whatever they want to call their scary gun rule did not remove the scary guns. It didn't even stop everyone from getting them. It placed a date and it said after this date, I think it was, I'll have to look up the actual law. Someone correct where I'm getting this wrong, but it had something to do with ones that were made after that or that were sold after that or something like that. Anyway. Now, if you go in the military at 18, you, would you not be allowed to like hold your M16? They don't use those anymore, but well, yeah, but your you're, M4, would you not be allowed to have that? Because that's in a technically a military style assault weapon. Oh, Charlie. And you're, you're only 18. You're missing the fact. I mean, you're in the military. You're part of the government. Oh, so that's okay. The you know, government the, can have weapons, just not you. You know, it's it's so crazy how much they exclude themselves yeah. from all of this stuff. Yeah, and it's like oh, except if you're a member. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're part of the government, then it's okay if you're yeah. 18. You don't have to. Have, yeah, no, you don't have to have any of this. You can use these weapons against people in other countries who have not attacked you first. All right, sorry. Go ahead. You know, you know, I was thinking the other day. This is crazy. Uh, at, at the gas station, I noticed that. Um, I mean, that law went into effect immediately in January. Yeah. By the yeah. way, so like if you were 20 and you had been smoking for two years since you were 18, probably longer because you got them before that. But anyway, legally, since you were 18 and you're 20 and you're not 21 yet, it's, it's not like you fall into like some kind of grandfather thing no, here. No, Like, you know, you literally can't buy any. Except That's, for on the black market. Except, yeah. 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 We're selling them here. <laughs> you guys need cigs hit us up nate at goodmorningliberty.us or charlie at goodmorningliberty.us it's to totally a joke yeah but it's totally a joke hit us up <laughs> but if the bill becomes law it would hold <laughs> the gun industry accountable by stating that manufacturers could face civil penalties if their guns cause harm warren said so now you can sue uh sue gun companies apparently we should be able to sue car manufacturers right yeah, you should be able to sue cutco if someone uses a kitchen knife to stab yeah, someone right, apparently right. yeah it's the manufacturer's fault that someone did something they used a tool yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, obviously their fault i don't know why we had to do anything about the smoking age we should have just allowed everyone to sue the tobacco companies i mean why did they do anything involving the smoking age yeah that's their fault yeah it just it's them. This whole thing is ridiculous. Um, yeah, obviously, we've already debunked assault weapons, but um, there's already background checks. So yeah. that already exists, by the way. Every time I've gone to purchase a gun from even a in store, Tennessee. even in Tennessee, I've had to wait anywhere between five minutes to one time I waited like an hour. It took Ooh. like an hour to get the gun, the background check back. Um, I was like, man, do I have anything on my record? I don't think so. But you know, Charles Thompson is a pretty common name. Now here's an Maybe admission I got mixed up. Maybe I was like Rand Paul and accidentally got put on a no fly list. Here's an admission of guilt, but you'll never prove it. So I don't care. Um, I went to a gun store in Nashville to buy an AR 15 for someone else. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I was in and out of the store in 10 minutes in yeah. and out, in and out 600 bucks, AR 15, Background check. I mean, I started filling out the background check as soon as I got in there, but they must have had that government internet system. It was really quick. Yeah. So it, it went through really fast. But the point is, um, you do bet. Now, Charlie, what you forgot to do was go to a gun show. 
You did. You should have gone to a gun show. That way, you wouldn't have had to do any type of checks. You can do that loophole. Yeah, that yeah. gun show loophole. Yeah, you should have done that. And the other thing, the federal gun licensing system, uh, or have to be state issued. Like, like you need a less uh, a license to protect yourself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, oh, let me show you my free speech card. <laughs> I've got. I'm federally licensed to to speak freely. Yep. It's so ridiculous. It, well, there's several Supreme Court cases are saying that uh, when you when you re, when you add a license to a right, it no longer becomes a right but a privilege. Yeah, and so uh, several cases like that. Um, and so you you we can't take our rights and say that the federal government has to license us and charge a fee to for our rights. Uh, our inherent human rights yeah to defend yourself and especially when the constitution says shall not be infringed it says it right there yeah it she sounds have, like that's infringement to for this to actually go through and make it through the supreme court or whatever that they would have to repeal the second amendment for this to work yeah that they would absolutely have to and so this this law would not happen without repealing this you're not going to pass a federal firearms license where they can decide whether or not you can have a gun and when we still have a second amendment. Now, some of the states will do it and I believe it's wrong for them to do it too, but it's easier for them to do those kinds of things on the state level. I'm just saying this, this is not going to, I don't think, I don't think this would actually go through, but it's still alarming that she actually wants to do it. Now she's calling it a deadly crisis. It's an epidemic. You know, we have to fight this epidemic and uh, I, I don't see any evidence that that's the fact. If you guys want to present me with some evidence that that's the fact, then we can do that. But, well, at um, least this garbage is comprehensive. It's comprehensive. So that's, yeah, that's that at good. least makes it better. Anytime you see the word comprehensive, you know it's good. Yeah. For sure. Let's finish up with what's going on tomorrow. Oh, what's, the, uh, the J31 what's thing? What's happening tomorrow? So there's this movement. Uh, this was in New York. This movement going on. Basically, the protest, the fact that you have to pay to ride on the subway system. You got to pay to ride on it. Now, I was going to look up the statistics on this. I, I forgot to look them up. And whether or not what you pay for the subway even covers the cost of the subway. I bet you it doesn't. It probably doesn't. So anyway, these, these people, these very, very brave and courageous people that are wearing masks um, are are getting together this movement of people who are going to hop the subways, who are going to protest and, and go ride for free. So we're going to play this video that they put out so you guys can see just how cool they are real quick. You can already see if you're watching live uh, just, how, just how brave and courageous these little kids are. And we'll see how they want to whine when they don't get everything that they want for free real quick. All right, let me play this. And here we go. To all our friends, family, students, wage workers, teachers, musicians, transit workers, Police 3 is coming, J31, right here in New York City. We encourage you to link up with your friends, your family, and think of the ways you can move in infinity to build and up on J31 all day long. Pay attention to our social media where we're going to post the meetup location so that we can converge and move together later that evening. The mood for J31 is simple. 275. No cops in the MTA, free transit, no harassment, period, and full accessibility. 
We hope that you come through and move with us on J31. Fuck. We bleaked out all the F words <laughs> for you guys. Uh, so, couple things. Couple, couple things on that. So, first off, one ridiculous thing that they're protesting. They want no cops in the MTA. No cops. Yeah. Which is obviously the safest thing. Now, keep in mind that these same people are probably arguing that people shouldn't have the right to defend themselves, that we should rely on police officers because they're trained. And also, they want an entire public transit system that is used by millions of people to not have any cops around it whatsoever. So you got a nice little contradiction there, which is what these kind of people specialize in. So good job staying consistent on contradicting yourself. But these same kind of people would also argue that we need the government to take care of everything, that we need laws running every single possible thing, that we need to tax people and give the government even more money. But then they also are talking about how much they, they hate the police which is the enforcement side of the massive government that they want. So it's, it, it's, such a, it's such a strange contradiction that I can never figure out. People who want more and more government hate the government enforcers, and people who want less and less government love the government enforcers. I'm not saying that anyone should hate the cops or anything like that. I think cops, by and large... Are, are good people, most of them, I think are good people. What I'm saying is that this, this ideology doesn't make any It just don't make no sense. No sense, man. It just don't make no sense. And then you've got the entire idea that um, you got to pay 275 to ride on it. And um, they don't want to, yeah. they're upset about that. They're not going to pay the 275. They're, they're upset about having to pay to use something. It's obviously this is a an extreme extension of this entire mentality. I don't know if they're socialists or if they're you know they look like they're members of the Antifa wannabe club, but that's fine. Um, I don't know exactly what their mentality is, but how do how do you get to this point where people are literally protesting? And trying to be, you know, might be violent. Obviously, they're going to try to overrun the cops there. Simply because they have to pay a very cheap amount of money to ride something. Probably at a loss, by the way, for the system, I would say. I don't know if we can get those statistics real quick. Well, yeah. Disregard the fact that it's public transit or whatever. We could have a conversation about that. But uh, it is kind of hypocritical. Although, I will say, the guy... Found a pretty good monster voice. Oh yeah, no one, no one could tell you know, who's, <laughs> who got his that voice mon- was. Monster voice. I wonder how they were able to post this video without being found or or whatever. I'm sure they <laughs> yeah. have their ways around that kind of stuff. But uh, look, guys, the other thing I want to say about this is like violence isn't the answer. Yeah, you know, because the whole time he was saying f the police, he was saying f you know whatever. Like we want to be. We want to dissuade from violence as much as we possibly can. New York's you MTA can... loses $6 billion per year. <laughs> okay. It's already free yeah. transit. <laughs> yeah. It's or taxpayer subsidized, let's say. Yeah. That's what it already is. So, and it's probably terrible. What the point is that the cost 
than it is to operate this thing. They're still not even the money they're being charged is a small portion of what it would a- it actually costs per person that's going through there. They're they're obviously still losing money, and the subways are gross, and the cars are gross, and everything like that. It's they're fun to ride. I I enjoyed it every time I go there. But they're not even paying what it actually costs to run this thing. They're getting a subsidized payment. They're, they're paying a, a small fraction of what it actually costs these people to run the system. And they're still upset with that. They just want free. They just want free. And nothing's, nothing's free. What are you going to do in New York? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to raise your property taxes. You're going to raise your business taxes. You're going to raise taxes on the wealthy that are in there. Um, all of your rent's going to go up. All of the cost of all of your goods are going to go up. Less and less rich people will be there because they do have a net out-migration number. Less and less people will be there that have money. And what will end up happening is you'll have a service that your ignorant brain has decided is free while you're paying more expensive prices for every other thing. And they... It, this just shows the, the, I guess ignorant is the best word. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm assuming they're uneducated of this fact, but it's, we talked about it the other day. I mean, you pay 130 bucks a year for Amazon and then they put a thing on there that says you get free shipping. Now the shipping is not free. You pay for the service and it's included in the cost that you're paying Amazon. Okay, the and, and they're, making, a year. they're making money off of the whole thing. They're not just extending, they're not just going to foot the bill for all the shipping for you. It's included in the cost that you're paying them where they wouldn't be profitable. So you can probably make the connection that shipping is not actually free. You're paying a yearly fee to have that type of service. Nothing is free. Nothing is free. But then if you are in New York and you uh, get the rich people to pay for everything or you get the property taxes raised to pay for your public transit system and then your rent goes up even more and there's less businesses moving in you know thank god you didn't get those jobs from amazon that were going to be coming in there good good job aoc so you get that kind of stuff happening you have more expensive prices for every single thing that you want and then you feel like you had a victory because the public transit is free in what world do you actually convince yourself that it's free? I don't understand. I do not understand the mentality at all. Look, look, guys and, and gals. There's, you know, a couple genders out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at least two that we know of. Yes. Nothing in this life is free. Except for the merch item that you'll get for signing <laughs> up to support the show. We mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but guys, if you go to GMLConnect.com, gmlconnect.com gml that stands for good morning liberty gml that makes complete sense it's an acronym for good morning liberty (laughs) gml connect because you want to connect with us dot com and click support the show support the dang show any five dollars ten dollars fifteen twenty doesn't matter choose your contribution rate and then you get a free merch item which is the only thing in this life that's actually free. That's as, it. As long as you give us 5 to $20 a month, <laughs> you get a free merch item. See how that works? It's just amazing. Now, that's, it, that's a pretty funny example because <laughs> you could get someone to sign up to give us 20 bucks a month, and then we say you get a free merch item. And in someone's mind, they could say, well, I don't, I mean, I'm paying for this. 
I don't feel like I'm getting anything for free. You're charging me money and the merch item was a, was a, you know, just part of the service. It's the same thing as any free thing that the government ever says they're going to give you. Yeah. You always pay for it. Not the 1%. You charge the 1% more money. Guess who you buy everything that you use on a daily basis from? Do you make your own clothes or grow your own food or make your own car or build your own house? Do you do any of those things? No, you buy that from someone. So when you charge all of the people that you buy things from more money, they don't pay it. That becomes an expense that they add in to the price that they charge you. It's very simple, basic economics. You will not get something that you have not earned or that you have not paid for. You will not get it. And we're just being transparency here with y'all. Yeah. We can't even get sued for spreading disinformation like Elizabeth Warren should be. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Because I'm telling you, it's not free. No, it's not. I'm telling you. It ain't free. But anyway, do it. GMLConnect.com. Support the show. Share the show with a friend. Uh, Nate, how many platforms are we on now? Right now, we're live on four platforms. We are on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Sometimes we'll go live on Instagram or TikTok, yet they do not connect through desktop very well. So we do not do that every single day. So any any given day, at least four, sometimes six platforms will be live on. You we're probably go, creating a platform to go live on. We'll probably, yeah, we'll, we'll make, one. make one. To put it on our website, I guess. You can yeah. just go on there. Actually, I should add the video to our website today. should write that down. Um, anyway... <laughs> I'll add the live option to our website and just go watch it there. Yeah, you know, just go do that. So anyway, we have all these platforms we're going on. Follow us on all of them. You can watch the podcast. You can watch it back and see our beautiful, beautiful young faces. By young, I mean, I'm 32. I'm freaking 32 years old. Still millennial. Still a millennial, technically. Yeah. yeah. Yep, but I didn't. I didn't have a cell phone in high school, so you're I, one I, of the I'm first. Okay. You were one of the first. Your first generation millennial. Yep. Yeah, I remember my the millennials a generation. My wife, <laughs> my wife and I. I remember my wife telling me that touchscreen phones were so stupid, and there was no way that she was ever going to have a touchscreen phone. That's that's how old I am. That's, my wife told me that. Yeah, yeah. How about that? You know, I I get called old for using Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how old I am. Facebook still has the most uh, amount of time spent on it every day. Actually, even was, by younger users. Yep. By everyone. Yeah. So quit calling me old. You will gen generally, I know you can give me some anecdotal evidence about how that's not true about you, but overall, uh, the most time, because you will get sucked into an article, they've got Facebook watch, you'll end up what they, it's like four minutes more than Instagram, which is around the same as TikTok. So and Facebook owns Instagram yeah, and they own Instagram. <laughs> so, so Facebook still has all the so time. So you're still on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You're still on Facebook when you're on just, Instagram, just so you know. Yeah. Um, yes. Right. So you can do that. GMLConnect.com. Go to support the show. Give a few bucks. If you actually care about Liberty, don't give any money. If you are a perfect virtue signal who doesn't want to do anything. And if you want to actually help us without any money, you can go to your podcast app and leave us a rating and review that helps us more than you know the algorithms run everything the computers are going to kill us someday and right now their algorithms are running their lives so listen when you leave a rating and review if someone searches politics or libertarianism or liberty or anything like that 
the more ratings and reviews we have, the more likely we are to show up in their search on those podcast apps. So leave us a rating and review five stars if you think it's worth it. Don't leave anything if you don't think it's five stars. And we will really appreciate that. Guys, go follow us on those platforms. Most of all, be nice to someone today. Don't text and drive. Don't Facebook and drive. Don't do anything like that. And uh, just like Charlie used to say every morning, just do something good for someone. Is this brought to you by the Ad Council? Open the door. (laughs) Open the door for someone. Yeah, that's a nice thing to do. If you're at McDonald's, pay for for the person. It's like, it'll probably be like $4 and you will completely make someone's day if you do that. Do something nice for someone today. And if you guys do all of that, including- and only if. If, if you don't do something nice, we are not coming back tomorrow. (laughs) Listen, all right, if you guys do all of those things, we'll be right back here tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.